are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Tell us about your consultancy, tell, uh, your business, and how you got into that business when you were when you were a young man, when you were eight years old. You know, uh, riding your riding your bike. Did you say I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be the CEO of a, of a healthcare consulting company and work with Revenue Cycle Management and help companies to be more lean and successful? Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Congratulations on your upcoming anniversary, oh, your you. birthday. It's going to be a whole a month of celebration, right. and, and that's great. I should have spread my gifts out a little bit more. That, that's so right. That's what, that's that, what everybody tells me. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, first and foremost, though, growing up in, in Central Jersey, you really had your choice of football team. So right. if you lean north, yes, you lean south, there. where did you there. go? Either Eagles or, uh, or Giants. So I was a, I was a, um, a pastor's kid. We moved around a lot. Okay. So before New Jersey, I was in Baltimore. And they were the Baltimore Colts then. So I kind of became sure. a Baltimore Colts fan and stayed with them. But I have a lot of affinity for the Eagles. Okay. Um, I, I love the Eagles. And I used to be on ESPN in Philly. Right. So I was on ESPN in Philly when they won the when they won the, the Super Bowl. Wow. So we had a lot of people coming in and doing interviews. And that, oh, yeah. that was a cool experience. So I, I detest the New York teams in general. Okay. So I think I identified more with the Philadelphia Okay, teams good. Then the interview yeah. can continue oh, okay. because I'm a well, big-time Philadelphia Eagles fan. The, so. the further you go up to Turnpike, you start, you know, I think in, in Princeton, that's Eagles country. You start going further up into Edison and, and some of those areas. Then you're in the New York, New York Giants. Right. I, I don't know. If you're a Jets fan, I think the Jets fans are just masochists. They just want to be abused. I mean, I know they have Aaron Rodgers, but I couldn't be a Jets fan. I was, I was talking about at some point, if your team is bad for 30 or 40 years, you have a right to, to punt you get to and to go in, a, in, a, in another place. Well, what do you, before we get started, I don't want to <laughs> – what do you feel about the Eagles? I felt I felt that Jalen Hurts – I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. Big time. Um, I think not just yeah. because of his prowess as a quarterback, but he's so mature. Mm-hmm. And I think you want, you want an adult – in the room you don't right. want a diva you don't want a guy that's on instagram you know showing right. us all of his cars and his jewelry and all of that stuff i want my quarterback wearing a suit mm-hmm. the first person in the last person out and that's what he is and he's developed his game and gotten uh you know to, to be much better as a pocket passer that's right i felt that he outplayed mahomes uh, I, during the super bowl I it's just, couldn't agree they had that terrible call at the end i think that if if the eagles had got the ball back and they had a minute and a half. I think mm-hmm. that they would have won that game. How do you feel going into – we're almost in OTA. We are in OTAs. We're, we're almost in training camp. How do yeah. you feel going into training camp yeah. with, with the Eagles? I think they're going to be very I'll, good. Y'all lost, I think y'all lost a couple of people. But we've restocked um, as well. Right. Uh, so I feel great about this upcoming season. Right. I mean, like, any fan that truly loves their team, right. this is the time to feel as best you can about this upcoming season, right? I, I mean, you've got to be excited. you got a fantastic uh, draft. Yeah. you yeah, getting they, a lot of these Georgia players from the SEC. That's uh, right. They, I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, I, I like the Eagles a lot. I don't know if they'll win. Last year they had a very favorable schedule. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they'll win 13, 14 games. They might sure. win 11 or 12, but they'll still be just as good. I think they'll be right there in the NFC Championship with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I like the 49ers. We just don't know with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tommy John surgery is not easy to come back from. Sure. And then behind that, I don't care how good their roster is, uh, you, you're not going to win with, with 
what they have on the on the backup side. I, I mean, you know, they. I agree, and and with a lot of these NFL draft picks, I mean, you know, Brady, I would say, is an outlier, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, most quarterbacks they regress to the mean, right? Right. So Brock, I forget. I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant, right? right he was his last, last pick. His last so player you got to figure at some point he might come back to earth. Uh, I think so. I think so. Um, but, you know, they, the kid they that they drafted, defense. Trey Lance, mm-hmm. is it, you know, they're saying that he's a bust and, you know, he's had injuries. And, and yeah. then I forget the name. They had the kid that, that played for, for – he was drafted by the Jets. Right. And that didn't work out. And he ended up in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, – I, I don't know if you're going to win. I mean, you got to have a solid quarterback. Sure. Uh, but but I, I think the Eagles going into this year are probably the favorite to, to come out of the NFC, and, and they're always an exciting. Their fans uh, – I used to – so funny story before we get started talking healthcare. I got on ESPN in Philly. I used to tailgate Eagles games. Oh, really? So I was in Pennsylvania living, and I used to tailgate um, Eagles games, and we used to set up a tent. Okay. And we'd be out there. We'd be doing, the, we'd be doing our podcast out there. And one day somebody was walking by from ESPN Radio. And they saw us tailgating the game, and they're like, "Man, you know, you got a nice little show here." Mm-hmm. Gave me a card. I had a show on ESPN Radio a few a few months later, and that was back in the early Carson Wentz days. Okay, and that was a while ago, and, and it's taken off since then. So okay. I, just, you know, I tell people all the time, if you're in media, you got to put yourself in a situation to meet the right people and, and make the right connections. That's so right. I, I enjoy being about. on on six ten. I was on the same station as uh, Miss Nelly, right? Um, and and some of those guys, and just a part of uh, obviously not as important and relevant as them, but but just to be a part. If you can be on radio in Philly, you can be on radio anywhere uh, in the country. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a it's a tough fan base. I mean, we love our teams, right. And we love them. Uh, we love them with all the energy, the good, right. the bad, and the ugly, right? Uh, and that's what uh, you get in Philly. But one thing about Philly, if if you, you love them. If you're, you know, if you're Allen Iverson, you're your mayor for life. If you're, um, you know, if you're, if you're Jalen Hurts, you know, one of those guys, Cox, Fletcher Cox, yeah. love you forever. If you're um, on the other side of it, though, you can, you can be on the other side of it. And it can get, <laughs> if you're Ben Simmons, it can get pretty ugly can uh, get tough, for you, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're not, if you're not on the success side. So great, great start. I have Jonathan Bessler, and he's the CEO of uh, Bessler. Um, consulting. Uh, we're actually talking sports. People come on the show. We end up talking sports. Tell us about your business. Tell us about the healthcare side. That's what the that's what the people want to hear about. Sure, sure, a- absolutely, absolutely happy to. Uh, so you asked a little bit about how I got into the business. Um, you know, Bessler is a 40 plus year old uh, company based in Princeton, New Jersey, and uh, my father actually founded the firm. You said I was eight. I was actually six when he found it, so you weren't too far off. Wow. And, uh, you know, growing up around that in a homegrown business, um, you know, I really saw the difference that it made to not only uh, our team and our employees, but but the difference that he and the team at the time was really making in the healthcare landscape. Uh, It's a overly complex system for the hospitals to survive in. Uh, You know, payers have their own sets of issues. you know, doctors have I have a whole myriad of other issues as well. So it's it's tremendously complex to deliver that care to the people that need it within the communities. And so our little niche of the world is we really, at the end of the day, our focus is to keep the hospital's doors open. Okay. And keep those communities. And we see a lot of those issues, especially in rural America. Mm-hmm. We see hospitals closing uh, left that's right. and right. I mean, it's, it's really, and that's sad to see. Um, you know, if a hospital closes in a large urban center, that creates problems. But... They may be, if it's in more of a suburban or rural center, mm-hmm. then you have a situation where people have to drive or, or find transportation 40, right. 50, 60 miles to get. To That's get right. Connected. And for a lot of the communities, you know, 
the hospital might be the main employer within that That's community, also, right? So, if, you know, if one of these uh, facilities is closing down or a doctor's office closes or whatever it might be, you know, that could be that, not just a handful of jobs in the community. Right. I mean, that could be hundreds, thousands right. of, uh, of folks that are, That's very good point. that, you know, the community then collapses on itself. So, so at the end of the day, you know, our, our real focus is how do we help the hospitals optimize their revenue compliantly? And make sure that they're getting everything that Keyword they're entitled compliant. to. Keyword Absolutely yeah. right. I love that. You know, from a uh, from a government standpoint, I mean, I think that they look at the system and and think, yeah, there's a lot of waste in the system, there right? Is. They've got the OIG, right. you know, coming after and and all, but um, but we really want to focus on keeping the hospitals, collecting the revenue that they're right. entitled to, making sure that they're coding correctly, right. making sure that that whole revenue cycle process um, is as complete and compliant as it can, because Really, the the margins for hospitals are razor thin to, to begin razor with, uh, and any time you take just a little bit of, of added waste in there, I mean that reduces the margin, that re that increases exposure right. from from a compliance standpoint. Right. And it, really, I think providers want to get it right. I agree. They, they absolutely want to. I agree. Um, but the they have trouble. They have trouble making a translation between what they need to manage. So you have a member that has diabetes or COPD mm -hmm. or Know, history of stroke, they want to make sure that member doesn't have further complications, That's which right. leads to the, the carousel of, of constant in and out of the hospital. They want mm -hmm. to avoid that. Um, where they don't necessarily have the most proficiency is how do they do that within the structured language that CMS creates Correct. for reimbursement. I think that's where people like yourself come in. So just curious, uh, Jonathan, when you go to um, when you go to a provider group or, or a hospital group or a payer, whoever you're working with, what are some of the consistent areas that you see where there are opportunities for improvement? Is it data collection? Is it the analytics system? Is it um, just something as simple as, you know, the process of, of getting the EOBs mailed out? Like, where are, the, where are kind of the two or three key areas where you come in and always say that, hey, these are things that I see pretty much everywhere that I go where there are problems that if we fix these couple of things, that's... 50% of the issue right there, and we can start uh, nibbling away at some of those. Sure. Do I only have to pick two or three? You only have to pick two or three most ones. Sure, the sure. Ones. Well, it, it really starts with the data. Right. And, uh, I agree. You know, we, we say a lot, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So on the front end of the revenue cycle, making sure that when a patient presents him or herself to the facility, that the front-end registration process is as efficient and as complete as possible. Uh, so, for example, a patient might present him or herself, and uh, one month they have one kind of insurance. That patient might come back three months later, and they have a whole different insurance plan. And uh, just because the hospital or the provider saw that patient three months ago doesn't necessarily mean that that data that they relied on three months ago right. is consistent, right? And uh, even in their health history. In That's three right. months, you could find out somebody's had a major complication or they had something that wasn't on the books mm -hmm. that now is considered a pre-existing condition. That's so right. That's right. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, for the for the folks that do come in and, uh, and need consistent care, uh, their lifestyle changes as well, right? So they've got right. a, you know a new uh, comorbidity that, that right. they didn't have three three right. months ago or whatever it might be. So so it really starts with the data collection process right. and making sure that that uh, you know historical information that provider or that patient is collected by the provider so they okay. know what to do with that patient when they need to. Because really, you know, medicine is very personal. It uh, is we're, absolutely. We're all people at the end of the day, absolutely. and we all. Uh, you know, look relatively the same, and our uh, right. our systems are relatively the same. Right. Um, 
but there's a lot going on for each and every different person. And right. to your point about, you know, how Medicare. Both uh, physically and it. mentally. That's right. Right. That's right. So, there's so there are things that you can see. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody needs a hip replacement, you can probably see that. But there, right. there are things going on mentally that you can't see. That's right. You know? Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lunch Gabriel Network. Paragon 7 Studios. searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution and we call that full cart fresh we have teamed up with some of the the greatest people in america our american farmers and through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states we have created full cart fresh so imagine this you're at a farm the produce is picked and prepared and it's boxed in a full cart fresh box at the farm And then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh. Help those families in need. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from uptown, New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shouted out Connecticut. You're listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Water Labs AI prides itself in understanding the true healthcare industry drivers. Our Transform RCM suite of solutions focuses 100% on intelligent automation. Our solutions make use of robotic process automation, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. The value this brings to our clients greatly impacts the time, effort, and financial constraints that keep healthcare executives up at night. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance Day Radio Network HealthCast series, here for Water Labs AI.